Hi everyone, welcome to my podcast where we talk all things that are most dear to the heart. I'm Bobby Houston, co-senior pastor of Hillsong Church and founder of the Color Sisterhood. I'm passionate about seeing all people find Jesus as Saviour and gain a revelation of their value in Him and then rise up to make a stand for justice in the earth. This is a place that you'll hear from me, the Color Sisterhood team and some of our beloved friends. To find out more and stay up to date, please visit bobbyhouston.com and connect with me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. And welcome to the Sisterhood Friendship Table for another week. We are so excited to be with you. This is the friendship table that you have when you are not having a friendship table, apparently. Um, so whether you're watching at home or you're in one of our campuses, we just wanted to say good morning. If you're overseas and tuning in later, hi, we are really glad you made it here. I'm um, Cass Langton, and it is my privilege that Pastor Bobby has trusted me with the table this morning. And I love seeing you all light up the chat and so many familiar names like Hannah Hobbses and Sarah Croy right around the country you're all watching. And it is quite beautiful to be with you all. And um, I don't know if you're loving this format, but I really love Zoom friendship tables and what we were able to accomplish last week. Laura led us beautifully around the passage of 1 Corinthians and a really familiar passage of scripture, which was the love chapter. And so um, on Friday, we actually met with Pastor Bobby. We went, where do we go to from here? Because it was so beautiful. And I guess where we got to was these verses in Galatians 5, 22 and 23 which will be equally as familiar territory to many of you. And though that passage actually talks about the fruit of the Spirit, and it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, which we covered last week. And then the next one is joy. And then it says, and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so we started with love last week, and this week we get to continue on in joy, which I love. Because Laura said something like, um, love is meant to be a marker. We're meant to be known by our love. And girls, I want to say this morning that I think joy is equally a definer of what it means to be Christian. And if you think about it, lots of you probably can think off the top of your head about people who are marked by joy. Like um, Emma said this morning when we jumped on the chat, I wanted to bring balloons like Bob Goff because he's like joy personified. And um, if you think about it, you can write in the chat, who do you think of when you think of somebody who exudes joy? Or if you're in the room, turn to the person next to you and tell somebody. You know, I have read really beautiful things about Corrie ten Boom, who was in a concentration camp in Auschwitz. And she, they say of her that in the midst of the harshest of circumstances, she was joyful, which seems like such an extreme contrast. But I think that's how we're meant to live. And so whether you find yourself here this morning and you've been up all night with babies or this season has been disappointing or made you feel anxious, maybe you're going through menopause or you're homeschooling or you're working out loneliness or abandonment or just not feeling like you're where you want to be, I actually think the Lord has purposed this time together for you. Um, I went up to my beautiful text from Evie Galad this morning, who is in our GWS campus, and she said, I stumbled across a verse this morning, Cass, that I think is so pertinent for what you're doing, and it is in Psalm 97, and it says this, light seeds are planted in the souls of God's people, joy seeds are planted in good heart soil. 
And if I could say anything this morning, I think it's that God intends to plant joy seeds in your heart, that he has come to do something brand new. And so I want to caution you right from the start. Don't presume that you know all that God knows about joy and that you've heard this all before. I think maybe today he wants to give you a fresh wind and spark some joy. So... This is the fun part. I get to introduce you to some friends that I've invited to share the table with me. And you are going to love them because actually they have found joy in some of the harshest of circumstances, some of the most lovely circumstances. And some of them you know and need no introduction. Others are going to be your firm favourite. So the first one is Polly Pocket. Carolee Fielding, good morning. How are you? I'm mute because I was just shared with each other what our own revelations are. So I'm pumped on this morning that I'm excited to know what we're what God is gonna do. So nice to see you all girls. I love it. You said this morning there are just so many references of joy in the Bible. And I think I counted there are 244 references to joy in the Bible, which makes it like a big topic to actually try to talk about. <laughs> so all right. So have you had a good week? Your kids are happy? Kids are happy. They are still here. They're still downstairs with school. <laughs> and we're still smiling, Cass. Um, you said behind your background, there's just piles of laundry this morning. I, I was saying that I was so blessed when the sisterhood girl said, hey, we've got these backgrounds that we want you to put up. And I thought, oh, that's awesome. Because behind me, the truth is there is a Everest of washing and uh, the floors are dirty and the whole thing. So don't be fooled by appearances, ladies. <laughs> Love it. Okay. And then moving right along, we have Emma Cook, who is one of my firm favorites. And I think we've known each other for 20 something years. She was, she represents all of us. She's part of our Hillsong City campus. Then she moved to Darwin with her husband to pastor the Northern Territory campus. And recently she's moved to the Sunshine Coast where they are pastoring one of our newest campuses. So Em, why don't you say hi to the girls? Good morning, everybody. And it is so good to be here. Biggest shout out to Sunny Coast South girls and North. I represent across our gorgeous coast, best coast this morning. Um, and it's so good to be here with you. This is so fun. It's really fun. And I like that your hat says that you're still smiling. Yes. I am intentionally wearing it. One out of confession, because uh, this is what we do, right? Like we still, we keep smiling, but maybe also because of covering some grades. I was booked in for the hairdresser this week. So, you know, <laughs> do you want a quick pivot? I love that. Okay. And then your new favorite girls who you are going to love so much. I want to introduce you to one of my greatest finds of the last few years. Her name is Christy Jacobs. And she's just one of those girls who, um, for a start, she can do everything. She can sing, she can preach, she can mother, she can pastor, she can, like, whatever she turns her hands to, I feel like she just wins it. She is a proud descendant of the Adinji and Mullumburra people of far north Queensland. Did I get that right, Christy? You are a mum, you have foster kids, you are quite remarkable. So why don't you say hi to the girls this morning? 
Hey everybody, I'm so excited to be here and a special shout out to all the Darwin girls. They are a special bunch of women and they just, they know how to do it tough and do it hard and living in Darwin is not the easiest place. Um, we often have to deal with all the sweat and the humidity, <laughs> but we do it with a smile on our face and I'm just so excited to be here this morning and talk about, you know, one of my favourite subjects, which is joy. Um, it, it's something that hasn't come e easy over the years but you learn how to have that total rest and that total faith in God um, and see you through those seasons coming out smiling and you know full of joy and peace so I'm so excited. <laughs> and for the girls who part of Hillsong Church maybe across NAIDOC week they saw your brother's story which is also your story. Yes. It was so beautiful and impacting. So I cannot wait for you to share a little bit with the girls this morning. So um, we have some rules of engagement here, girls. When I grew up, I grew up in a three-girl family and dinner times were always crazy and loud and everybody loved to chat. So um, my mum at one point in time had the spoon rule. And if you were holding the spoon, you got to talk. So what we're going to do today is we're going to pass the spoon around and whoever's holding the spoon actually gets to talk. So when you see the spoon, you know whose turn it is. So I'm going to just start and give us a little bit of a framework, um, which is so fun because where does joy come from? And I, I thought I would take you right back to the beginning. You know, in Job 38, it says that when God spoke out of the whirlwinds and the storm, which I love anyway, it says, he said to Job, I laid the foundations of the earth and the morning stars sung together and the sons of God or the angels shouted for joy, which tells us that kind of on this great timeline of history, if we travel back as far as we possibly can, right at the very beginning of time, there was joy, that the stars and the angels sang and rejoiced about what God was doing. And then if we go equally as far the other direction, we end up in revelation in heaven and we find something equally as joyful. Like all of creation, it tells us, is gathered around the throne of God and there's this great multitude and they are singing like a great choir. And in the midst of it, the elders, which are meant to represent Israel and the church, are actually um, all rejoicing. And it's like the greatest grand final ever at the end of time before God does whatever he's going to do next. And it says that they're throwing their, their crowns before God and we're meant to hear that there's something like one of those great classic American graduation parties where you take your cap and gown off and you throw them in the air and there is triumph and celebration when we're with God. You see, our story of faith, it starts and ends with joy and somehow in the middle of all of this in life, we're meant to find joy. And so there's like... The Bible talks about sources of joy and it talks about creation being a source of joy, that when we see good and beautiful things, that it is meant to bring joy out from us. And then Psalm 104 talks about a good bottle of wine can bring joy or a wedding can bring joy. They talk in the Proverbs about children bringing joy. And it also says that a good friendship is like a beautiful perfume and brings joy to life. But um, if we're honest, girls, life gets real, doesn't it? And it, it sometimes is real easy to lose your joy in the middle of life or for it to feel like it gets corrupted or misplaced. And um, I can think of times in my life where it's been really hard to actually find the joy, where I've, I've felt real sorrow and, and struggle to come to terms with what this biblical responsibility to be joyful is. But the Bible says that 
Um, it is an attitude that God's people adopt, not because of our happy circumstances, but because of our hope in God's love and his promises. And the Bible is pretty clear that while we can be happy, joy is something far greater. It's the hope we have in the harshest of circumstances. It's what Israel had when they were being chased out of slavery. It's what Jesus encouraged his disciples to find when they were in the wilderness um, in the face of persecution. And it's what Paul tells us we need to have whenever we face trials. It's a longing and a confidence in God's ability that everything is going to work out in the end. And it is a fruit to be grown. So Eugene Peterson says that joy is not a requirement of Christian discipleship, but it is a consequence. And so this morning, the girls and I, we're going to unpack joy a little bit, hopefully put some really useful tools in your hand. Maybe we're going to pray for you and we're going to have a great morning together. So Em, what do you think about joy? I love what you just said about joy. And I love that you just called it a consequence. You know, we were chatting a little bit and you rang and said, um, would you come and um, have your little say on joy because you've had to fight for it? And we talked about that, like you've got to fight for it. And the more I went to the word of God about this topic, the more I realized, actually, it's not a fight. Maybe it's a choice, but even better, it's a consequence. Um, you know, like a lot of you girls know my story you know, I've talked probably a lot in the last few years about how I went through a marriage breakdown. Jared is my second uh, heaven sent husband. Um, but I went through the real valley of uh, a marriage breakdown. Um, and there's been other valleys since then. I, the loss of my dad was not long after I was suddenly single. Um, I have definitely work, walked through the valley of miscarriages and believing God for our second baby. Um, valleys are so real, hey, and I am conscious of valleys that girls might feel like they're in this morning. Uh, there's also mountaintops in life. But it's also unrealistic, isn't it, that we can always live on a mountaintop. If there's anything I actually have learnt about life is that life is very daily. There's lots of dailies in between the mountaintops and the valleys. And so even though I have definitely learnt over the years that um, joy is a choice or joy is a consequence, or if I can say joy is a fruit, right, like uh, we just talked about this morning. Um, there, I definitely haven't arrived at this. And I have loved having to study this a little bit for the last couple of days. And like you, Cass, have worked out the Bible says so much about joy. And I love that. I love that because God is so cool. He didn't just come to bring us salvation, but he came to brought us life in abundance and that life in abundance should be whether it's a mountaintop a valley or the in-between he's come to give us that life and what stood out to me was this whole thought of fruit like this is from this is from my lime tree that's in my backyard I picked this this morning because what stood out to me about joy when I got to study it is John 15 John 15 that talks about um abiding in him, if we know it, right, it's that whole illustration Jesus gives about walking through a vineyard and seeing fruit and saying, if you abide in me, 
uh, you will produce fruit. It's a consequence, right? And so I want to read it to you in the Passion Translation of what Jesus says to his disciples when he comes across this vineyard. It says this, So you must remain in life union with me, for I remain in life union with you. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined in me. And he goes on to then say, get this, in verse 11, he said, my purpose for telling you this, so my purpose for telling you to be in life union with me and stick there and stick in connection with me, my purpose for telling you these things is so that the joy that I experience will fill your heart with overflowing gladness. So he's like, Jesus has just said from this vineyard, looking at this fruit, hey, you've got to stay in life union with me. But why I'm telling you this is so that the joy that I'm experiencing, you can experience. Okay, Cass, but here's what blew my mind as I read over this verse this morning, is that where the disciples and Jesus were on their way to when they come across a vineyard, they've just been in the upper room together. And they've just had this amazing uh, life union moment with Jesus. And they've actually left there to go to the Garden of Gethsemane. He's just predicted the betrayal that is going to happen to him. And he knows what's ahead of him. And he stops and he runs his hand over the fruit in this vineyard. And he teaches them about like this this isn't about you're not going to get fruit in your life from any other way but then staying in union with me. And I think if there's anything I've learned over the years, you know, I can have a surface a thought about joy. I can think I've definitely been guilty over the years of thinking it's about a personality type. I mean, Cass, you are called decibels. You are like the personification of joy. You seriously are. But then I think about my personality and I think you probably wake up like, good morning, in the first thing in the morning. You do, don't you? Whereas I wake up and at 5.30 a.m. with my two-year-old and go, coffee. Like, can I just have coffee and I'll be able to operate, right? But it's got to be more than that. It's not got to just be about personality. And it's definitely not about circumstances. We can't get our joy from circumstances because if there's anything we've learned over the last season, hey, it's that circumstances change real fast. And I've learned that even though I've been blessed and got a, an amazing marriage now and I'm living in the blessing and the promises of God, Jared's, my husband, is not responsible for my joy. Like my source has got to be from being in beautiful union um, with Jesus and staying connected to him. And then my fruit, my joy is actually just a consequence. So I actually believe that if you have Jesus, you have joy. It's as simple as that. If you've got Jesus, you've got joy. And sometimes we've got to choose to choose it <laughs> and we've got to dig deep for it. 
Um, but I have the ability to have joy every single day. And that trips my mind a little bit because grief is real. Like valleys are real, right? And I don't want to dismiss real valleys. I've been there. But um, there is this amazing way in Jesus of not being robbed of my joy, even in the darkest valleys, because I am in deep connection, intimately connected with him you know the greek word for joy is chara if i pronounce that correctly i don't know if this queensland accent has done it due diligence but chara it actually means a calm delight and i can testify to that with all the different seasons i've walked out that if i just keep jesus as um my sole source of fruitfulness because he is as my sole source of where I get my fruitfulness from, that I can in the craziest season still even have this calm delight knowing that he's got everything. Like, you know how Bobby over all the years has said to us, just keep smiling, right? Like, hasn't she? It's why I've worn the hat really this morning because we know that verse that she always says to us that she smiles at the future. Well, listen to this, the Passion Translation. It says, bold power and glorious majesty are wrapped around her as she laughs with joy over her latter days. So I love that. No matter what's in our future, we actually have this ability because of our source to be able to keep smiling at all that's ahead of us. Amen. Christy. Well, I bought a giant size spoon because I didn't know what size spoon to bring. So I bought like a whole million of spoons just in case I ran out of the big spoon. <laughs> but I just so love that, Em. I love what you shared. And like working with you, like when you were up here in Darwin, like you were just such this joy to be around. And you had this massive big smile that just sort of drew you in. And I wished I could have worn a hat, but hats don't fit on this size hair um it actually <laughs> it, it just does not work so I don't wear hats um which is a you know real shame but I literally just wanted to share from Psalm 16 which is in the Passion Translation and I was wanted to share 11 but I'm, I'm reading from up to eight which says because I set you Yahweh always close to me my confidence will never be weakened for I experience your wraparound presence every moment my heart Heart and soul explode with joy, full of glory. Even my body will rest confident and secure. And then it says in um, verse 11 that because of you, I know the path of life. As I taste the fullness of joy in your presence at your right side, I experience divine pleasures forevermore. And like I have so, I love that verse so much because that's been the story of my life. And um, even as a young girl, my grandfather, who my, my brother mentioned in the NADOC video, who was so sold out for Jesus. He always told us to cling to Jesus, to stay close and in amongst any, any trial and situation that that's where you find your rest and your joy and your contentment. And um, like, I have been through the, the trials and tribulations on another level. And 
people always say, how are you still smiling? How, how are you still so positive about life? And um, even now as I'm speaking, I suffer from chronic pain. So I'm in pain 24-7 every day, every hour of the day. And yet I'm, I still love life and I still see the positive side to everything. And I know that God is my rest and God is my joy and he is my peace. And that, you know, as long as I stay close to him and I trust in him, that I know that that healing's it's, it's right around the corner. Like it is so close. And like when I am um, um, like something that the seasons like with the struggle and the circumstances and, you know, people go through stuff and, and it gets hard, but then you come through it and you're like so thankful to God, but then you go through something again and then you have another attack of the enemy and then you might have another one and then that exhaustion comes. And if you're not staying close to God, even in those situations, which is the hardest thing for some people to do, is to stay close, stay in his word, stay in his presence. And the, and, and like you become exhausted and you do it in your own strength. So if you're not close to God, and you're not leaning on him and clinging to his presence and clinging to everything that his word says, then you're going to fall short. And then you're going to become bitter or depressed in sickness because chronic pain leads to depression. That is something that the doctors tell me. And I refuse, I refuse for that to be my story because I love Jesus and his calling is for me is the highest calling. The highest thing that I, that I aspire to is his calling and leading his people into worship, into the throne room of God. Because I know that in that moment of worship, it's kind of like binoculars. You look through the binoculars one side and everything is magnified and so much bigger. And it becomes and like you see it as big. You can't get through this situation. But when you flip the binoculars, the other way makes everything look small and minuscule and so when you're in that moment of worship and you enter into his presence everything becomes small and that weight and that load and that is lifted from your shoulders and you can be you can feel freedom and peace and joy in his presence and that's why worship is just so important to lift up your voice lift up your eyes to see Jesus bigger than your circumstances and your situations because that you know he never promised that it would be a better of roses and my 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 experience has never been a bed of roses but I tell you what the joy that has come from serving and being consistent in the house of God has been far greater than any circumstance and situation I faced and like I even like it even said that the joy that was set before Jesus he endured the cross so like you having joy in these situations and you can have that full confidence in who God is and you'll never be swayed to and from. You will never feel like, um, like serving Jesus is too hard as long as you're clinging to him. And like I, one of the biggest moments that I ever experienced was the loss of my father and he was 48. So he was young. My husband at the moment is 43 and I think 40 and then, I think of how young 48 was. And my dad was like this general in the faith and my family are like just faith driven. And we've grown up in the ministry and seen God perform miracles. And um, we've seen him do the miraculous. And my dad on a Wednesday morning passed away from a massive heart attack. And for us, we had it cried. We went to the hospital and we, we laid hands on my dad, fully expecting him to wake up because that's what we'd seen God do. We'd seen him do the miraculous. And for whatever reason that 
you know, I, I never understand even to this day and I probably never will. My father never woke up. And that was like one of the darkest times in my life where it was also the longest period. I never spoke to God. I never prayed to God um, because I just, all of a sudden the God that I thought that I knew was, wasn't who I thought he was. My mind was clouded. I, I didn't worship, which I didn't sing a, a note, which for me was so unusual because I sing constantly and I'm always praising and worshiping God. And it was not long before the funeral that I, I sat at the piano and I was just broken, you know, and I just couldn't make sense of anything. And I sat there and I just hit a note and I just felt God's incredible peace and his love come over me. And I felt him say, you know, I know you by name, you know, and I love you. And, and I like, and then I just felt this release in me and I just penned this song that became a song in, in the season of grief because I didn't want to stay right there where I was because I needed God and I needed his presence and I needed to be able to sing out. So it became my song of victory. And I know that one day I will see my father in heaven because that's the promise. But I'm so grateful that God gave me the tools that we have his word and that he is our peace and he is our joy and he is our love. And that as long as we cling on to him and love on him, that he sees us through those dark times and that we come out fully healed and fully loved and full of his presence. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'm getting all teary, <laughs> but <laughs> I just love it so much. And I, you know, if I can encourage you ladies at home, like, you know, whatever season that you're in, whether it's grief, whether it's heartache, whether it's a wayward child, whether it's um, divorce, or you've got, you know, you've got, you're facing health issues, whatever it is, I, I implore you just stay close to Jesus. Don't lose, don't move away from his side, stay in his presence, just lay down and worship him. If you don't know how to write a song, sing out some scripture. It doesn't have to be a Taya Gok Roger song. <laughs> it can be, you know, just you singing out of tune, but you know what? It's still an amazing sound to God's ears that you just lift up your voice and you just worship him because in his presence is where you find fullness of joy. I'm going to pass it on to Carolee. <laughs> I don't, I just, I'm just so excited. And I'm, I'm so grateful to have this opportunity to share with, with you all about joy. <laughs> How beautiful, Christy. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being vulnerable. And it's, wow, like, where do you even, where do you even go from there? It's, um, I mean, I think I'm just going to take what you said. And, and, and the fact is, I think it was uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes, he said, you know, um, joy isn't a feeling, joy is a focus. And it's yeah. exactly what you're saying because you can be in the midst of the deepest sorrow and, and yet you can have a focus that says there is joy up ahead. You know, we can weep. The Bible says there is sorrow, but then joy comes in the morning. Yes, there is weeping for a time, but my God says that there is a future and a hope if we can focus on joy. Um, I mean, you just, you quoted that verse um, in Hebrews 12 verse 2, which is fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. It was for the joy set before him that he endured the cross scorning the shame and sat down at the right hand of the father. And like we all know he didn't go to the cross with joy, 
You know, the Bible says he went to the cross with grief, in agony, so much so that blood was dripping off of him like sweat. And yet it was for the joy set before him. Like, you know, he, he could see the joy in our future, the joy of, of, of us being in communion with the Father. You know, it doesn't have to line up with our present circumstance. It can actually be our future hope. You know, we often, um, I was trying to think of, of an analogy cast because we, you know, we love stories. We love, we love a good analogy. <laughs> I was trying to think of something that, that would, um, you know, kind of wrap up this moment. But I was thinking about the fact that, like, you know, we can often um, take long car rides with our um with our kids and we can be going on like, you know, eight hour, nine hour car rides. I don't love them, but you know, our kids get in the car and um, this was before we were restricted to 10 kilometers, of course, at the moment in Sydney. Um, what happens, the kids get into the car um, and 10 minutes into a seven hour journey, they're saying, you know, are we there yet? Are we? And, uh, and yet the thing about kids, they're comfortable in the car, in the uncertainty of knowing where they're going. You know, they're confident that they know that their, their father or their mother is, is, is at the wheel. And they still say, are we there yet? Because, you know, the car rides aren't fun. Like, you know, seven hours in the back seat, that's not a good time. And, and I think I just wanted to say to the girls on the, on the chat this morning and anybody listening, you know, I don't know this season. I don't know if we're there yet. I don't know if we're at the end of, of this suffering. I don't know if we're at the end of a season of, of a lot of sacrifice and a lot of grief. Um, I don't know if we're coming to the to the to into our harvest yet or not, but we know that we are coming into it. We actually know who holds the wheel. We know who who's sitting behind the wheel. And uh, I know that I can say to you, we don't have to be worried about the journey because he God, he's got a map, he's got a plan, he has a strategy, he has a timing, and it's for the joy set before him. It's for the future and the hope that he knows that we are coming into our salvation, our our harvest, you know, we're not at the mercy of our feelings or our attitudes or our poor choices. We're not at the mercy of a virus or a pandemic. We're at the mercy of a God who says, for the joy set before me, I will endure suffering for the joy set before me. And so I guess um, Cass just asked me to pray this morning. And I just wanted to pray. I wanted to pray for every tear that's been uh, cried in this season. I want to pray for um, to see a return on every night that has been spent in sorrow. I want to um, I want to pray that those who have reaped in tears, who have sown in tears, those who have sown in tears in this season will reap in joy because that is what the Word of God says. You know, Eugene Peterson says Christian joy is not an escape from sorrow. Pain and hardship are still to come, but they are unable to drive out the happiness of the redeemed. And you know what? We are the redeemed. There's nothing, there's nothing the enemy has taken from your life, girls, that God can't restore, including your joy. There's nothing. I mean, Emma talked about it. Christy talked about it. They have been through some of the harshest circumstances, yet there is nothing that God can't redeem. You know, David penned the Psalm 51, which says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And the thing about it is we know David penned this Psalm when he had sinned against God. He slept with Bathsheba and he lost communion with God. And it wasn't until he confronted and then confessed his sin that his enjoyment of time with Jesus was restored. I wonder this morning, girls, if you've lost your joy in communion with God. 
you know, I wonder if, if there's anything that's keeping you from walking in a relationship, a joyful relationship with Jesus. You know, I'm not saying that, like, you know, that not having joy or being in a season of hardship doesn't separate us from God because we know that it's not true. But there can be a, a, a separation in our enjoyment of our communion with God. And it's actually so important, just like David, that we come to God sometimes and, and, and we come to him in our relationship and we say, God, is there anything between you and me that I need to lay at your feet? Is there any repentance? Is there anything that I need to confess to you that is stopping me from having joy in my salvation? Lord, restore to me the joy of my salvation. So I want to say to you this morning, I'm just going to pray for two groups of people and then Cass and I are going to have another little chat. But the two groups of people are, of course, one, if you have never actually received that joy of salvation, because I can testify, and I know all the girls on here can testify that there is joy knowing that you are saved and redeemed, that God has forgiven your sins, that he has wiped clean your past, and that you are going forward, and, and not in perfection, but in purpose with what God has in front of you. There is joy to be known in relationship with Jesus. And then the second group of people I want to pray for is if you're on this um, chat this morning or you're watching us and, and like Cass said right at the beginning, you've lost those, those seeds of joy. Maybe you have actually just, you're not feeling the joy of your salvation anymore. Like David, you feel like there's something in between your communion with God. In a season that is filled with grief, maybe you have felt a loss of that relationship or that closeness or even just that actual, you know, feeling of joy. I want to pray for you this morning and, and minister over you. And I know Kat wants to do the same, but if you have a minute, girls, can we bow our heads this morning? Jesus, we come to you. And Father God, we, we lift up any, any of girls or any people who are in, within the sound of my voice this morning who have not yet come to know you in a personal way. And Lord, we know and we confess with our lips that you did go to the cross for the joy set before you and endured, endured pain and hardship and, and death so that we would have our sins erased, Lord God, and that we could be in, in eternal communion with you. So God, right now, if there is anybody who says, yes, I want to be in relationship with Jesus, I pray, Lord God, that you would speak to them, that you would allow them to, to pray this prayer with me, that their sins might be erased, Lord God, that they would know um, eternal life with you, that they would confess that you are Lord of their life. And then, Jesus, right now I want to minister over any girl. Maybe there's a girl sitting in the kitchen with an overtired baby in her arms. Maybe there's a mother who has been, you know, yelling a bit more than she likes at home these days. Maybe you're driving in your car and you have had a deep sense of loneliness and loss in this season that you cannot shake. Father God, these are your girls and this is your word. And you say that you will restore to us the joy of our salvation. And so I pray in this moment, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to people that you would lift off heaviness. And Father, that you would, again, in dreams and, and in, in speech and in, and in reading your word, God, you would give new covenants to girls, remind them of the things that you have spoken over their life, that those who have sown in tears will reap in joy, that they will come back with carrying sheaves with them extra, more than enough for their sorrow and their pain. So I speak that 
over everyone listening this morning. I thank you that you are a good God, that you care for us, that you love us, and that joy is in our future. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I love that so much. Um, guys, I don't know if you have been loving this as much as me, but just sitting back and listening to some wisdom and some life stories and knowing the girls that are sharing this is quite actually beautiful. Um, I think about when the angels told the shepherds that Jesus had arrived and they said, we have good news that will bring you great joy, that Jesus brings great joy to our lives. And so we were talking yesterday like that. How does this get real for us? Like, how does this not just be a thought about joy out there that you go, oh, that was nice. It was kind of a little bit of warm, fuzzy feelings, but what are we meant to do with this? And so Carolee Fielding, you and I had a, had a funny idea. At the beginning, I talked about the bookends of joy. I talked about looking back and then looking forward. And so we had a fun idea that the girlfriends could do for each other. We did. We right. do. I love the idea of memories, Cass. I love that, that I, I mean, you are like, you and I, it's something we connect on. We love to make memories. And uh, so we thought twofold. One, that um, this is a week where you need to remind somebody that you love of a joyful memory that you have with them. Which is right. So it could be a text, could be a video, could be a DoorDash coffee that you send to them with a little note attached to it, but do something tangible to remind a girlfriend of a memory in the past, right? Absolutely. Joy. Something that brought you joy. You know, those moments where you just, I mean, for me, with you, uh, two years ago, we were in a hotel room in London at about one o'clock in the morning, very jet lagged. And we decided to leave the hotel and go to St. Peter's Cathedral and walk around in the middle of the night with your sister, Sarah, and it and Jessie. And it was just a joyful memory for me. And, and I loved it. And it reminds me of friendship and sisterhood and, and uh, adventure, which I know we're going to have again one day. <laughs> okay. Which brings me to the second part. So the second thing is reminds me of a memory, but... Um, uh, joy is about a future hope. So then as girlfriends, let's actually encourage our friends with a hope for the future. So Carolee Fielding, as my friend, my hope and my joy for you, and I will probably cry because it makes me really sad, is that the borders will open and the Lord will make a way for you to be restored to your family and to actually see them and be with them. And I have great confidence that he is securing your heart to his and your heart to theirs. And in the middle of pandemic and craziness, he hasn't forsaken you or forgotten you, but he will actually redeem and restore all the years that you feel like have been taken from your family. And so I feel like we need to be those girlfriends who actually cheer each other on to the future and remind each other of what's to come. And so just as we, as we end today, I want to remind you that this becomes practical. Rubber hits the road when we actually become joy bringers for each other. Um, Marie Kondo, she says, whatever sparks joy, guys. So we need to be those people who are like 
sparking joy in each other and actually helping people to see what's right in front of them. My very favourite Bible passage of all time is Zephaniah 3.17. And um, I think it's because when I was maybe 16 or 17, my friend Nikki Seely, who I've seen in the chat, sent it to me in a card and it says this. It says, the Lord your God is with you. Like what a promise, girls. He is with you wherever you are today. It says, he is a mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. His love will no longer rebuke you, but, and check this, he sings over you with songs of joy. And so the truth is, while we are the people who bring joy, it's only because we serve a God in heaven who first rejoiced over you. He looks at you and he can't help but smile with joy because you bring him great delight, whether you feel like an absolute failure or a champion. He doesn't care. And the truth is, because he sings songs of joy over us, we respond as a singing people. Like worship marks us, songs of joy fill our mouths. You can sing yourself toward joy. So today, go encourage your girlfriend and turn up that worship music. And like Christy said, let Taya sing you into God's presence. Be quiet, let his joy fill you and let those seeds of joy that he has planted bear the fruit that Emma talks about. We love you so much. We are so grateful that we get to spend a few minutes on a Thursday morning with you. And next week, Pastor Bobby is going to be back, which is so exciting for all of us. And she's going to come and do what only she does. So make sure that this week you're in church on Sunday, you're getting around good friends and community, and you are finding the joy that's right in front of you. We love you a lot. We hope this has been helpful. See you soon. Much love. Farewell from us. Love you. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I hope you have found it encouraging and uplifting and helpful. Don't forget, you can subscribe on iTunes to make sure you get all of the latest episodes as soon as they're released. And if you have time, I'd love to hear from you. Write to me in the review or comments section. I look forward to being with you again next time.